If you would, let's all stand. We'll go to prayer. We've got lots to pray about, lots to be thankful for. And we want to invite God to be in this service. We want to pray for Sister Nunn. Ask God to touch her. Remember to keep praying for Pat if you would. Let's ask God to have his way in this service. He sees every need and every petition. So let's love him, church. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Brother Duplis is coming at this time. He's the early man. Everybody say praise the Lord. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Be able to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have the house of the Lord we can come to. Have a desire to be in the house of the Lord. And it is... 9.59, 9.59, Sunday, September the 20th. In Proverbs 22, and one, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. And talk to you for just a little bit this morning about the name. And Proverbs, he said, a good name is rather to be chosen. And I've always looked at that as being 
somebody that has a good name, paid their bills, kind to other people, uh, that don't kick their dog, that uh, does all the things that, you know, you can go to the bank and borrow money and I, uh, because you have a good name. I can remember my mother telling me when I was a, a young young person that uh, there was, and I don't know why, you know, we always gravitated that way, but <clears throat> there were some people that lived down the road from us that, uh, you know, I always wanted to hang out with them. My mother, tell me, I don't want you hanging out with them boys. I said, well, why? I said, because they don't have a good name. And, and the deal was that they didn't have a good name. And I figured uh, that uh, having a good name, would that was what it meant. But I think that it means more than that. And the name <clears throat> that I have chosen today is the name of Jesus. Now, that's a good name. And how... We exist because we have faith and confidence in the name of Jesus. In Isaiah 9 and 6, he said, For unto us, the prophet said, Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever. And that is... The name of Jesus. He is wonderful. He is the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. Praise God. So when we think about choosing a good name, that's the name that we want. The religious world is afraid of the name of Jesus. The agnostic world doesn't want to acknowledge it at all. And they don't mind you talking about God, but they don't want you to talk about the name of Jesus. But our foundation and our hope is in the name of Jesus. He said, For the rising of the sun even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. Now, I'm trying to impress on you this morning the importance of the name of Jesus and the privilege of having the name of Jesus and why we need the name of Jesus so desperately, always, to the forefront of our lives, the name of Jesus. 
For the rising of the sun, even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, why is the name of Jesus so important? If you can wrap your mind around this truth, when I think of the name of Jesus and the power that is in that name. Now, we're living today in some of the most uncertain times that the world has ever known. Uh, The problems that are in the world, not only in America, but the problems that are in the world everywhere. There is problems everywhere you look. There, there is uh, division. There is hatred. There is wars and rumors of war. Everything that the Bible said would happen before His coming, His return, uh, he, they, they, are, they are happening or they've already happened. So why do we need, why is the name of Jesus so important for us today? How great is that name and how powerful is that name? Now, uh, in, in the book of Numbers, the 20, in the 21st chapter in verse number 4, and they journeyed from Mount Hor, for the way of the red by the way of the Red Sea, to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way, and the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no Bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. They were eating the manna from heaven. And the Lord sent fiery serpents upon the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Now, this is similar to the situation that we're in the world today. People curse God. Uh, People don't believe in God. They don't have respect for God. And and even the way that our leaders have reacted toward the church, they, they put the church way down on the priorities of the things that we need or the things that, that are essential to us. I believe the church is is essential, the, the number one essentiality for each one of us, the church of the living God. But the people were complaining and they were fussing. And God said, okay. And he turned a bunch of snakes loose on them and they started biting them. And then when they did, they uh, went back and they asked Moses, would you ask God to make these snakes quit biting us? Would you stop these snakes from... Now, now I'm going somewhere if you'll follow me just a little bit. 
We're not snake handlers. Uh, no, I won't go there. They they were upset because of the uh, snakes were biting them, and so they 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 told God they were sorry. I, I believe that's what it. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, "We have sinned." We have spoken against the Lord and against they pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. When he looked on that serpent, he lived. Now, the story doesn't end there. That was just a prelude to what God was going to do later on. And I'll read it to you in John 3 and 11. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, Well, this thing just guided me into another sermon. I guess I don't preach both of them. I tell you heavenly things, and no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now, verse 14 is the one that I want you to pay close attention to. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, Moses put a serpent up there, and when they got bit, if you would look at that serpent, you would be healed. You'd be made well. Now, Jesus comes on the scene, and he leaves this message. Even as Moses lifted up the serpent, must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, I know what he's talking about here. The Scripture teaches that it is the preaching of the cross, and that was... That brought salvation. The cross is what brought us salvation. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, paying the supreme price, the blood of the, that was shed on Calvary. By that blood, he bought our salvation. But what I'm trying to show you is that as Moses lifted up the serpent, the name of Jesus must be lifted up. Now, we're living in a very uncertain time, a very dangerous time. And don't don't get me wrong, I don't care if everybody wears a mask. If you feel comfortable with it, wear it. But I'm going to tell you, that's not where 
your, your confidence should be. Your confidence should be in the name of Jesus Christ. I can pray, and I do pray, and I see God answering my prayers. I've seen it happen time and time and time again. In the name of Jesus. I've seen God heal cancer. I've seen God give people jobs. I've seen God put families back together again. I've seen God lift people. They're not here. Maybe they'll be here a little later. We went, Brother Looper and myself both, and he'll verify this. Sister Gala looked like death warmed over. And, and and I told him, and he told me, he said, I don't think she's going to make it. She's, she's gone. But we called on the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I don't know how many years ago was that. Ten, ten years ago at least. Ever how many years ago? Twelve years ago. Sister Gayla is still here. You know why? In the name of Jesus. So what I'm trying to tell you, and, and, and I agree and, and nobody's denying this, that this virus is a dangerous uh, uh, sickness, and people are dying from it. Uh, you, you know, nursing homes is where the, 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 the big problem is, because as you get older, you get weaker, and, and you become more susceptible to uh, uh, sicknesses and diseases. And, and 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 they, I think, what is there? Five nursing homes in this area, Jason, and and they they evacuated all five nursing homes, and and they ended up some of them uh, uh, contacting that that disease that that they got mingled together. So what what do we do? How do we overcome that? I've got the solution. Very simple. Call on the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent and all they had to do was look on that serpent and they were healed. Now, how hard is it? Where do you put your faith? Where is your faith? And and some, you know, these doctors don't know what they're doing. They've never had this stuff before. They're trying to get a a, a, a solution to it. I, I I can remember when I was a, a, a young child, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, uh, uh, polio was a, 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 a on a rampage, I mean, sweeping through the country. I can remember we were traveling, and, and I was just a child, me and my brother and mother and dad and my sister, and, and, and my mother... She was a she was a believer, brother, and and, and uh, I remember we stopped at a gas station. I think maybe up in North Carolina or somewhere, and mother asked the the uh, the gas station attendant as he was back then they pumped your gas for you, and she asked him, uh, "Is this polio rampaging through here?" And the guy looked at her like she was crazy, and then she turned to us said, "You kids, start pleading the blood of Jesus. Start pleading the blood of Jesus." She believed that. But I tell you what, and, and one reason that she was so adamant on that was that she had polio when she was a baby 
and, and, and one of her legs was shorter than the other one because of this uh, polio. Of course, they've got a vaccine for it now, and, and that's an unheard of disease that people have today. They're trying to get a vaccine for this uh, uh, virus, uh, that COVID-19. I guess if it goes into 2000, it, it, it should be COVID-20 and maybe COVID-21. Amen. So, so what, what do you do? Well, we're waiting for a vaccine to come so we can get over this. I tell you what, I quit waiting on them to do anything. Amen. I started finding out that the name of Jesus is far stronger than any, than any of, of these. So if Moses and the children of Israel looked on that serpent, and uh, on that uh, uh, brass serpent, and, and they were healed, what about the name of Jesus? Just calling on the name of You know, the devil fears the name of Jesus. The unbelievers fear the name of Jesus. I thank God because I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. How essential the name of Jesus is. Praise God. It is essential unto salvation. In Acts 4 and 7, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power... Or by what name have you done this? There was the lame man that was laying at the gate, the beautiful gate that goes into the temple. And Peter and John come and he was asking for alms. And Peter said, we don't have any money. Silver and gold have I none. But I'm going to give you what I've got. What what do we have today? We're not the biggest Religion, we're not the biggest church, but we are God's church. We are God's people. Amen. If my people that are called by my name, what is his name? His name is Jesus Christ. His name shall be great among the Gentiles. His name shall be great among the heathens. Amen. The heathen fears the name of Jesus But I honor the name of Jesus. When I don't know how to pray, I just begin calling on Jesus' name. Jesus in your name. In the name of Jesus. And I have seen it work time and time again. So, here Peter and John, they said in the name of Jesus, and he jumped up, started dancing and jumping and and praising God, and he ran in the temple leaping and praising God. And, and the, those that hated Jesus come back and said, By what name have you done this? It was in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deeds done to this impotent man, by what means that he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, And by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him, doth this man stand before you whole. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby... You can be saved. No, it didn't say that. Whereby you must be saved. By the name of Jesus, 
How important is the name of Jesus? I'm going to tell you, if you're afraid of the virus, begin to call on the name of Jesus. Put your confidence in Jesus' name. I I know Sister Dorothy is older than I am. Sister Hicks is older than I am. Sister Mansfield is older than I am. Brother Adams is older than I am. I'm 83 years old. Sister uh, Merritt is older than I am. I'm just trying to see uh, the rest. Yes, Sister Gibson is older than I am. I think that's all of them, isn't it? They say that from 65, well, my wife is older than me too. I didn't want to forget that. They say that from 60 up, if that virus affects you, if you get contact with that virus, you, you can go ahead and call Steve and make an appointment because that, that's going to be the end of it. You're, you're out of here. Uh, you know, everybody, they can either shout or cry, whichever one they want to do, because it, it's over. You're going to die. Amen. You, you know, I, I hate masks. Now, I have to put it on to go see the doctor. And, and, and I don't even like to do that. But I don't. I go in a restaurant. Now, now you, you explain this to me. You've got to have it on when you go in. And you go sit down at the table, you take it off. The virus only gets on people when they walk in. When you get to the table, you're immune to the virus. Now, that don't make it much sense, does it? But I'm going to tell you what does make sense. When I get up in the morning, I thank my eternal God because He let me wake up another day. He gave me another day. <clears throat> Moses lifted up the serpent, and they looked on it, and they were healed. I call on the name of Jesus, and he takes care of me. Hey, well, what are you going to do if he don't? Well, if it's my time to go, he's going to take me home with him. But until then, I'm going to depend on him. I'm going to depend on the name of Jesus. When I get sick, I start calling on the name of Jesus. Yeah, I go to the doctor. Sure, I uh, try to get help. I try to do everything I can. But I know where my help really comes from. It's in the name of Jesus. Praise God. And there, but, but that's only the temporal. That's only the physical things. I've got a soul that's going to live forever somewhere. So what am I going to do about it? I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. For there is none other name under given, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. It's, it isn't. You know, if I want to uh, be baptized using the, the titles in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, I know what His name is. It's Jesus. Praise God. That makes me a member of the family of God. If my people that are called by my name, praise God, a good name is rather to be chosen. Praise God. John 14 and 8. I, I, I've got, I've done what, 24 minutes. I've I got to quit. 
Let, let, let me just leave you this. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet thou hast not known me? Philip, he that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest not that I am the Father and the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Whatsoever you ask in my name. Whoop! That ties it up. That makes it. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, and you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's where my confidence is. Amen. A good name is rather to be chosen. Lift up the name of Jesus. Sing about the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Live by the name of Jesus. Chase fear away in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every disease has got to go. And in the name of Jesus, that disease cannot touch one child of God in this church. God bless you is our prayer. Amen.
to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. Yes, through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Joe. Praise the Lord. Let's give God a great hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're serving a miracle working God. Amen. There's nothing too big for our God. There's nothing that our God can't do for us. Amen. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful as Brother Duplessis was teaching this morning. For the wonderful, powerful, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many is thankful that you're able to call upon that name today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. It's good to see everyone that is in the house of the Lord today. And uh, good to have our guests here. Good to see Brother Kurt and Sister Stephanie here today and their family. Love them. Glad that they're in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. The young lady here was Sister Kelly. Glad that you're here. This young man back here. I think he was here last Sunday. Glad that he's back with us again today. Amen. And anybody else that's a guest here, we want you to know that we're glad that you're in the house of the Lord. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand clap today? Amen. Amen. Glad that you're in church today. Amen. And I pray that before you leave this place today that God has done something so good and so great for you that you're glad that you came also. I want to uh, make a few announcements this morning. And uh, we want to remember if all goes according to plan. I don't know why God created... Uh, storms, but he did. And, uh, so there is another storm supposed to be headed our way. And, uh, we pray for God's hand of protection that it passes through without, uh, any damage. It'd be good if it just spun clean out of energy out there and just watered the gulf really, really well and, uh, just gave us a little shower here. But, uh, if everything goes well, the marriage retreat is scheduled to start uh, uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. And I uh, appreciate everyone that has signed up for that. And uh, we're going to have a great time of food, fun, and fellowship. It is a banquet atmosphere. And so uh, dress in your Sunday's best. If you don't have Sunday's best, 
dress in your the best that you have. And uh, come on, we're going to have a great time and uh, with Brother and Sister Shoemate and Brother and Sister Duplessy. That's going to be uh, entertaining, to say the least. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And then Saturday we'll be back here uh, at the church at 10 o'clock. And uh, then following that we will have another meal uh, after that. And so remember that, Friday and Saturday. And uh, I think that according to God's math, that we are stronger together. Two are better than one, the Bible tells us. And uh, the more that we are together, the greater that we are for the kingdom of God and uh, for our families and for the world that we live in today. Amen. The world is a better place when we have more Christians in the world. Can I get a witness? And so remember that. And uh, then the Hudson Bash this year is scheduled for October the 24th. So remember that. There will be more information following uh, on the Hudson Bash. So we appreciate the Hudson family opening up their home and uh, their property to us. We all have a, have a great time every year. We do appreciate that very, very much. That's kind of been on hold trying to figure out what would be the right thing to do in this crazy time that we live in. And so remember that as of right now, scheduled for the 24th. Then um, we have Brother Mark's coming. Uh, Brother Shoemake will be preaching for us next Sunday morning and Sunday night. And uh, Brother Mark's will be here the 4th and the 5th, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday night. Remember that. Then the Brother Booker, Brother Larry Booker, will be here and we had him here last October and uh, enjoyed him being with us and a tremendous man of God and looking forward to him being here with us the 11th Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then the 12th on Monday night. <clears throat> that Sunday morning will be Friends and Family Day. I know that it's a crazy time to try to get people to come to church with you, but you can always ask. And it doesn't hurt to ask. And so we want to bring as many guests as we can. Friends and family day. Looking forward to a great time and a lot of fun. So remember that. Also on Sunday nights for the last couple of Sunday nights and for the next future for a little bit, there's different groups that have been getting together and serving. And uh, we do appreciate that very much. We ask that when you go over there and eat, there is no charge, but we do ask you to give a donation. And this goes back into buying more supplies for the following week. This is also asked of you if uh, you're asked to do something as far as clean up, take out the trash. Somebody has to do it. So if you're asked, please be willing to serve wherever you need to be uh place and uh, do whatever you can and when everybody works together now it's a job it's a job when one person or or two people try to feed about a hundred people that's very difficult but about about a hundred people trying to feed a hundred people it works pretty easy there's not much to it at all and so we have good uh, fellowship because of the restaurants closing down early and uh, then they don't like you coming in there at 9 o'clock. And uh, we as apostolics like to fellowship and talk. And uh, eating's about all we do. 
for fun. It's our favorite pastime. And uh, you can look around and see that we're all very good at it. And uh, so we remember that. And uh, tonight we'll be doing that. So help and uh, provide uh, your labor wherever you can. We want to pray especially for Brother Richard Wybarbo today. Let's pray especially for Brother Dale Stevens. Ask the Lord to touch them. And also our prayers, our pray, we are praying for Brother Strebel, asking the Lord to uh, work for him. Uh, got a little better report last Sunday night after church, and we are thankful for that. And we ask God to completely give him a miracle and uh, heal his body. And uh, I have a, a friend that I've met over the years, and uh, we become good friends due to his business and what I like to do. And uh, I would like this church to pray especially for Tom and his family today and uh, ask the Lord to help and strengthen them going through a very difficult time. And uh, I want this church family to pray for them. So when you're praying this week, you're in the house of God praying, please call the name Tom and God will know who you're talking about. And uh, so... I'm glad that I have a church. I'm glad that I have a God. I'm glad that I have a Savior. I'm glad that I have a family. Amen. God has truly been good to me. And I ask you today, I, I tell you what, uh, this week my hearing is, is bad anyway. It's been bad for years. So all of you that think that church is a little loud, you can probably blame it on me because I can't hear too well. And uh, <clears throat> this week I was out shooting a gun, and I don't know if I busted my eardrums or, or what, but <clears throat> my hearing was bad. My hearing is terrible as of right now. And uh, so I hope that I sound better to you than I sound to myself, but pray that the Lord would touch that. And uh, because God knows I'm way too young to have hearing, hearing aids. And uh, so remember that prayer. I, I feel like that the Lord has laid something on my heart uh, that I want to share with, with you all today. And um, it's something that I, I always I keep a log on, on things that I preach and uh, to keep from repeating myself. You don't have to stop yet. <laughs> And uh, so it's just a long introduction. It probably won't be a short sermon, but it's a long introduction. But if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter number 3. And we'll look into the Word of God there. But it's it's something that, that I, in the past um, time, have not really talked a lot about or actually just preached a lot of sermons about. We preach a lot of sermons on on uh, God's help and God providing and God is the calm in the midst of the storm. And um, just this week, the Lord has been dealing with me about this subject. Actually, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was at a funeral um, of... Um, the Smith family, and uh, Brother McMullen was preaching the funeral, and his topic was about heaven. 
And I'm, I've been kind of thinking about that, and I thought about how little we talk about it. And how little we discuss it. And uh, then I thought about how little I even preach about it. And uh, so I, I feel like the Lord has gave me something to help us this morning. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about heaven. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 2 through verse number 4. The Bible says, set your affections on things above. Everybody say above. Not on things on the earth. Somebody say, not on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. Everybody said in glory. glory. Amen. Pay very close attention to this scripture. It starts out by saying, set your affections on things above, not on this earth. Then it tells us that we are dead, and the Lord is our life. Then it tells us when He appears, we shall appear with Him in glory. Put your Bible down. Let's lift our hands, our voices toward heaven, and ask God to help us today. God, we thank You for the Word that we have already heard. I pray, God. That you would anoint our ears and our hearts and our spirits to hear, to receive, to respond. God, to apply the Word of God to our lives, to our hearts. Give us a vision of heaven today, God. Help us today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands, everybody, unto the Lord. Now with that hand clap, lift your voice and shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Be seated in your body, but not in your spirit. Let your spirit respond to the word of the Lord. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Love heavenly things and be engrossed in heavenly things, not the things of this world. Amen. I, I, I think sometimes we start follow, falling in love with the things of this world. Now, I love life. How many loves life? Amen. It's kind of like the little boy in Sunday school class. His Sunday school teacher was talking about heaven and asked him, did they want to go to heaven? And everybody raised their hand, yeah, I want to go. And one little boy, he never did raise his hand. And the teacher asked him, said, son, don't you want to go to heaven? And he said, well, yes. She said, well, why didn't you raise your hand? 
she, he said, well, I thought maybe you was getting up a load today. And so we love heaven. We like to think about heaven and what heaven will be like. But we have really fallen in love, fallen in love with this place called earth. And we make preparations to stay here a long, long, long time. Amen. We make preparations as if we would never are going to exit this world. And uh, Brother Duplessy was making reference to the different ages of people and how many people were were older than him in the house today. And I think about that. You know, I I, I look at my life, and it's hard it's hard to believe that that um, my life is nearing the age of 50 years old. And uh, I still think that I ought to be in my teenage years. It seems like life has flown by. And uh, I know that I look like I'm about 21, but actually I'm a little older. And uh, so so we we wonder, you know, and we think about staying here, and we prepare to stay here, and we... I don't know where that breakover point. I don't. I don't really look at myself as exiting in the next few years. I really don't. I might, but I don't. And uh, where is the breakover point in life where we start understanding? They say, "Well, you know, you're middle age. If you're 50, you're middle age." Well, how many people do you know over a hundred? It's very slim. So really, at 50, you're you have already crossed over. The barrier of middle age. And so at, at 50, 40, do you start thinking about exiting? 50, do you start? 60, do you start? 70, do you start? 80, do you start? When do you start thinking about leaving this world? But we have made preparations to stay a long time. The things that we have, we accumulate things that that uh, mean a lot to us in life. If you don't think things mean a lot to you in life, you start cleaning out the closet and start deciding on what you want to go, go to the garage sale or Goodwill or the trash can. You'll find out, well, I think I'll keep this. I've had this a long time. I know I can't wear that dress any longer, but I think I'll keep it. I know I can't... I can't get in those jeans anymore, but I think I'll keep it. I know, you know, I know it's a little out of style, but I really gave a lot of money for it and I really hate to just discard it. So we get attached to things and, and we, we like to go places and we like to do things and there is nothing wrong with any of this and we, we get it, we get involved in when we're on vacation, we are talking about the next place that we're going to go on vacation. And, and uh, when we're off on the weekend, you're thinking about what you're going to do next weekend. And when you have a long holiday weekend, you're thinking about, well, what I'm going to do the next long holiday weekend. And so we are building for the future. And that's all well and that's all good. The things that we do, we enjoy. We enjoy hunting. We enjoy fishing. Some people enjoy shopping. Some people enjoy 
doing this or doing that or are going here or going there. We have got attached to things that we enjoy doing. And sometimes the things that we enjoy and the things that we have gotten attached to becomes more important to us than our walk and our commitment to God. And there's nothing wrong with these things, having things, enjoying things, doing things. But when things take on a more present place in our life than our God, than our service to God, and our faithfulness to God, and our commitment to God, that's when things start becoming wrong and a sin to us. It's not because they were created a sin, it's because that we have made them a sin. And I think about children. There is The Bible tells us about this time that in life where people will worship and they will they will reverence and and their their children i i think about about myself and we have entered into the great world of grandparenthood and i am a pawpaw the the the, the craziest thing about being a pawpaw is i'm married to a momo and i always thought momos was old but i've got to the place that they're not old anymore but Got out of that one, didn't I? They're young, healthy, vibrant, beautiful, full of energy and vigor and vitality and all of that stuff. But, but so, but, but in that, the blessings of God, if we are not careful, the blessings become cursings. Because we get more involved, the Bible tells us, in the creature than we do the Creator. We start worshiping the creature more than the Creator. The Bible tells us that that in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 19, let me go back, we get, just before I read that Scripture, but uh, we get so, so, uh, so uh, into building for the future and building for retirement and saving for retirement. Uh, nothing wrong with that. I think everyone ought to do it. But we are, we get so involved in that till we forget the now and we start looking for the future and, and we're gonna be here for a long time and then when I retire I'm gonna have money and I can do what I wanna do. The only thing bad about that is when you retire most of the time you're too old to really do what you wanna do. And, uh, so we're building for that and saving for that and, and uh, watching the stock market for that to see how everything is working and and how much inflation is taking. But you can save them all the money you want, but I think inflation is going to get it all. But Matthew chapter six and verse number nineteen says, "Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt." And where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Everybody say heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, or where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is. 
there where, where is where your heart is going to be also. Always make sure you've got a little more up there than what you have down here. Always look forward to going there than staying too long here. Amen. And, and uh, while Brother McMullen was preaching that funeral, he told a story I want to share with you today about a man that passed away. I, he didn't, I don't guess it was a true story, maybe a fictitious story, but, but he said there was a man that passed away and he had a couple of buddies that were there talking about it. And uh, they were wondering and trying to decide, well, do you think old, old Bill made it to heaven? And uh, so they was discussing their thoughts on if Bill made it to heaven or not. <clears throat> and so as they talked about it, one of, the, one of the friends says, no, said, I really don't think he made it. Boy, you don't want a friend like that. And uh, he said, well, what, what makes you think that Bill didn't make it? He said, you know, I've known Bill all his life. And said, Bill liked to go places. And he got excited about going places, he said. And uh, when Bill was getting ready to load up the camper or, or, or go on a vacation, said he'd be looking at, at pictures of the place and studying the things that do and the activities that they have. And he'd come to work and he'd talk about where he was going and where he was going to spend a, a vacation. said he is always so excited about where he was going that he could not stop talking about it. He said, well, what's that got to do if he made it to heaven or not? He said, you know, I don't think he went because I never heard Bill talk about it. And so that kind of got me to thinking. We think about and we preach about and we, we pray about all the blessings of God and what God is going to do and how God is going to help us until I think at times in our walk with God, we look, we lose focus of the real goal. The real goal is not what we have in this world. The real goal is not how many times we get a miracle in this world. The real goal is not how blessed we are in this world or how high we can jump or how fast we can run. But we have got to set our sights and affections on things above. We cannot lose our sight and our goal of heaven, church. Amen. There is really a place called heaven. It's not and a figment of our imagination. It's not just a fairy tale that has been told about, but it is a real, literal place that Jesus has prepared for His people. Amen. 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 When I get to looking in the Word of God, there is many places where the Bible talks about heaven. I believe it's somewhere around 600 times the word heaven is mentioned in the Word of God. Amen. Not always reminding us of that place that we are trying to make our eternal home. 
but many times reminding us that we need to set our affections on heaven. We need to get a vision of heaven. We need to get a desire for heaven. We need to have a longing for heaven. And I read people in the Bible that had heavenly experiences in my mind goes to the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 1 through 4. It says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. The Apostle Paul said that I don't bring myself up in pride and I don't glory in the things that God has done and showed me. He said, I will come to vision and revelation of the Lord. He said, but I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Rather in the body I cannot tell, or rather out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth that such a one was caught up unto the third heaven. Amen. Paul was referring to himself. Amen. Not somebody else, but he said, Amen, I don't want to glory in myself, but there was a time that I was caught up in a prayer meeting and I saw the third heaven. Amen. And I knew such a man, whether in the body I cannot tell or out of the body I cannot tell. Only God knoweth how that He was called up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for a man to utter. Amen. The Apostle Paul said, The things that I saw, the things that I heard, the things that I experienced about this place called heaven. Amen. It's unspeakable. My words cannot describe it. My thoughts cannot be transposed unto you in a picture form to show you how great and how majestic and how wonderful heaven is. He said, if I tried to tell you, you would think that I had lost my mind, that I had fell off of my rocker. But I just want to remind you that I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And it's unbelievable what God has prepared for His people. Amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul said, people would think that I was out in left field. Amen. They would, they would think like, like you ever, you ever seen anybody that thinks they've seen Bigfoot? Amen. They think that they've seen Bigfoot and you try to tell them, oh no, and you, you kind of walk away thinking, ah, a little bit loony there. Amen. Paul said you would think that I had fell off of my rocker if I'd have told you about the things that I seen when I was he said I got so carried away about what I was seeing I couldn't tell if I was in the body out of the body I didn't know where I was what he was saying is I was carried away in the spirit amen I was carried away into a place that is not on this earth I come to remind you church that there really is a place called heaven amen every one of us needs to get a vision and a desire and a hunger for that other place. Amen. John, the disciple that Jesus loved, 
Amen. The disciple that had his head on the breast of Christ. The disciple that referred to himself in the book of St. John. Amen. As the one whom Jesus loved. He was carried away to an island by himself. He was there on the Isle of Patmos. Amen. And he got visions. He got revelation from God. And the book of Revelation chapter 21 tells us a little bit about John's description of what heaven was and what he's seen in the Spirit. Number one, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I come to tell you today, saint of God, if there's ever been a time that we as a church need to get in the Spirit and see the things of God through spiritual eyes. Amen. God's got a heavenly home. God's got a place prepared for us. Amen. There is another place that is prepared called hell. But the difference between heaven and hell is a vast difference. Number one, amen, hell was never created for you. Hell was never created for you. It was created for the devil. Amen. As the devil rebelled, as Lucifer rebelled in heaven and was kicked out, of that heavenly paradise. There was a hell that was created. Amen. But I want to tell you the difference is, many differences, but the main difference is, heaven was created with you in mind. Amen. And you ought to have a desire like never before. I want to go to that place. I want to go to that place. I want to go to that place. I want to talk about that place. I want to think about that place. I want to experience that place. Amen. John the Revelator wrote in chapter 21 a revelation. He said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Amen. In verse number four, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Oh, I want to tell you, heaven's going to be a tearless place. Heaven's going to be a fearless place. Oh, heaven's going to be a great place. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. Heaven's going to be a peaceful place. Amen. All the tears and the anguish and the agony of life. There shall be no more 
death. How many have ever went before, amen, the funeral home or maybe in this church and walked up here to say your last goodbyes to someone you love? Amen. I think about my friends over in Mississippi, brother and sister Burgess, at the beginning of the year lost their 21-year-old son and had to walk to a casket and say goodbye. Not in heaven, my friend. Amen. You're never going to have a bad day. You're never going to have any trouble. You're never going to have a trial. You're never going to have a hard day. Everything's going to be wonderful in heaven. Hallelujah. He's going to wipe all the tears from our eyes. No more death. No more sorrow. Amen. No more crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. How many has pain in their body today? Amen. No more pain. You're going to wake up and you're not going to have any back pain. You're going to wake up and you're not going to have any shoulder pain. You're going to wake up and you're not going to have any head pain. There's going to be no more pain. Amen. Because all the pain has gone away. I'm not in this earthly form. I'm not in this world anymore. I'm in my heavenly home called heaven. Amen. Verse number 18 says, And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold. Amen. I don't know I sound like I'm ringing to myself, but like unto glass, pure gold. Like unto glass. Verse number 21 says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every seven gate was one pearl. Amen. Where did Jesus get a pearl quite big enough to build a gate? Amen. God created it just for a place called heaven. Amen. Just for a person like you. Don't let the devil tell you you can't go there. You can go there because God has prepared that place for you. Amen. Amen. Every gate was one pearl. And the streets of the city was pure gold. And it was trans, as it was transparent glass, beautiful gold. Amen. How much is gold an ounce now? $2,000 an ounce. And it's just pavement. We're going to walk on it. You say, oh no, that can't be true. That's just our imagination. That's just a story. No, let me tell you, child of God, it's not a story. It's not fiction. It is fact. It's in the Word of God. Even the streets are made of pure gold. I'm going to dance on the streets of gold. I'm going to wipe my feet on the streets of gold. Because I'm going to a place. I'm going to a place. I'm going to a place called heaven. Amen. Verse number 23. John said, And the city had no need for the sun. 
neither the moon to shine in it. Amen. Last night we was coming into town, headed west, coming from the lake, and and I looked up and I seen the beautiful sunset. And I said, oh, look at the sunset. And I took my phone out. Amen. And I was trying to take a picture to capture the sunset. Because no sunset is exactly like the next sunset. So you want to enjoy every sunset. Amen. And something so beautiful and so powerful in our universe, so hot and so fervent in our universe, is not even needed in heaven. Amen. There is no sun. There is no moon to reflect the sunlight at night, to shine in it for the glory of God. Did lighten it. Amen. For the Lamb is the light thereof. Amen. The radiant glory of Jesus Christ is going to be the light in that city. Oh, you got to think about heaven. you got to keep your mind on heaven. You've got to keep your thoughts on heaven. Amen. you got to keep your desires on heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse number 20, or chapter 21, and verse number 1. And he showed me a pure river of life, of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. Amen. After John saw all of this. Amen. After John was writing all of this down of what he saw and what he experienced, this was his testimony in verse number 20 of the 22nd chapter of Revelation. He said, Even come, Lord Jesus, even come after I've seen the glory after I've tasted the heavenly gifts. Amen. That's the reason why that when you have experienced the precious power of the Holy Ghost and you have experienced that in your life, there is no drug that will fill that void. Amen. There is no beer that will ever take the place of the glory of God that you have experienced. You can drown your life in relationship. You can drown your life in drugs. You can drown your life in alcohol. You can drown your life in ungodly living. But there's something that is craving because after you have experienced and tasted the heavenly gifts of God, amen, there's nothing that can replace it. And after John saw the vision of heaven, he said, I don't want to stay here any longer. Amen, I've got a pull. I've got a gravity that's pulling me to another place. My mind is on it. My thoughts is on it. My eyes have seen it. I have experienced it, and that's where I want to go. Amen. Amen. I don't know exactly what heaven will be like. Amen. Some people say heaven's going to be like it is here on earth. That there's going to be things 
like we enjoy here in this world. If you enjoy four-wheeler riding, God's going to have some four-wheelers. If you enjoy horse riding, God's going to have some horses. If you enjoy fishing, God's going to have some fishing boats. Amen. Whatever you enjoy, if you enjoy hunting, amen, we're going to ask God, where's old Brad at, God? Oh, he's still on the deer stand with his bow. Amen. Whatever you enjoy, I've heard people say, that's what God's going to have prepared for us in heaven. I don't know if that's true or not. All I know is if God's got a lake up there that's had crappie in it, amen, about 20 years ago it took a big hit. Amen, when my daddy showed up in his crappie boat catching them all, he's got to restock it monthly. Amen. Because I tell you today, whatever heaven is, wherever God is, whatever God is doing, that's exactly where I'm going to be. And the greatest thing is not, it's not, it's not the goal that is on the streets. It's not the pearls of the gates. Amen. It's not all of that. But I want to tell you what it's all about. The Lamb is there. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. That light that is shining. That light that is bright. That light that goes forth. That's why I want to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen again. John's writing where he recorded the words of Jesus. When I think about the things that God has created in this world. Oh, I was telling you just a while ago about the sun. Beautiful. Amen. There's not too many things any prettier than being out in the middle of Sam Rayburn Lake. With the fishing rod in your hand. And watching to the west as the sun begins to go down. And it starts meeting the water. I've been on the mountain tops. Amen of the Rocky Mountains and I've watched the sun. I've been in the Great Tetons and I've watched the sun go down. Such a beautiful sunset. The majestic things that God has created. But let me tell you what John recorded that Jesus said. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many. Many mansions. Everybody say many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. Not for somebody else. Not for my neighbor across the street. But he said, I go. I go. I go. I go to prepare a place for you. That where I am. Where I am, ye may be also. What a place. What a place. What a place. Amen. What a place. Called heaven. What a place. 
called heaven. Amen. This old world is in trouble today. Amen. Our world as we have known it is a little bit different than it was. These are just headlines that I took pictures of. Look at what this says. Who would ever thought that we would be living in a world like that? Amen. Just a few weeks ago, this is a picture of the Louisiana coast. Destruction on every hand. It looks like one thing happening right after another. That's the one that we're watching now. Amen. It's predicted to strengthen and hit the Gulf Coast in the next few weeks, a few days. Amen. Look at this. Fourteen people shot to dead. What a world that we are living in. The craziness all around us. Amen. The pandemic that's going on worldwide. Thirty million people. U.S. Six million, amen, 198,000 dead riots across the country in every major city across the country, stirring up, burning down, tearing up, looting, destroying police cars on fire, no respect for authority, no regard for God nor man. They don't care about their fellow man, the flag that people died for and fought for, they're burning toting upside down, stomping on it, throwing on it, spitting on it, amen, coming against our police, saying we don't need any kind of rule, our government in our life, amen, all of this is going on, a preacher, one of our preachers arrested in his own church for having church service, amen, carried to jail, booked in the jail, put a bracelet on where he could not leave his house, that's not in a foreign country that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Amen. A gunman opens fire inside of Pennsylvania Mall. That's headlines from today. The world of chaos. The world of agony. The world of turmoil. Amen. And what I see today is heaven is looking a little bit better. Amen. Heaven is looking a little bit better. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels, the angels are beckoning me. The angels are beckoning me. Amen. I want everybody to hear my voice right now. The angels are beckoning me. Come come through heaven's open doors. Amen. Everybody, everybody, everybody's welcome to go there. Amen. Everybody has an opportunity to go there. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the devil. Heaven was created for you. Chaos. What happened? What happened to America that we love? I love this country. Amen. I love this country. I love the freedom of this country. Amen. I appreciate the people that fought for this country. But what happened? What happened? I know its past is not spotless. 
I know its past has blemishes. I know there was slavery in its past. I know everybody that created the Constitution was not Christians. I know people were not all good and righteous. Amen. But what happened? What happened? What's going wrong? I want to tell you today because of the the, the tearing of our Lord. This world has got to get uncomfortable to us. Amen. It's got to make us feel like pilgrims and strangers in our own home. Amen. Like we don't feel at home here. Because when we don't feel home, we start longing for another place. We start longing for a place called heaven. Amen. Amen. As they come to the music, I'm getting ready to close right now. I want to close by reading the lyrics to a song. I guess it was written sometimes in the 80s. A group in the 80s is the one that recorded it. It's called Heaven. It starts out, the first voice says, There are moments in my life where it's hard to carry on. When I think about my father and all the loved ones that are gone, friends and close relationships somewhere on the other side, they passed in to forever, but their love has never died. Sometimes this tired old world starts bringing my heart down. But you gotta bear a cross if you wanna wear a crown. I often get impatient as Father Time keeps dragging on. I've waited through the darkness. Now I'm ready for the dawn. The Course says I wanna see heaven where the faithful carry on. I wanna see heaven, oh Lord, I wanna see heaven. Where the pain and the sin is gone in heaven, oh Lord, I want to see heaven. This next verse hits me to the core, and it should hit all of us to the core. It says that I read the morning paper, it hits me once again. We're surrounded by evil of a world that's dead. In sin, the only sane consolation that my crazy mind can reach is to set my heart on heaven and to live the things I preach. So I'm living every moment as if this day was my last. I put my treasure where my heart is. And I forget about the past. As if Jesus, and if Jesus comes tomorrow, I'll be ready to depart as He leads me to my mansion. I'll be following my heart. I want to see heaven. Somewhere in our life, saint of God, child of God, the gravitational pull in our life 
has to get stronger from heaven. And that gravity just seems to lose control of our feet. And we start thinking about that place. Going to that place. The testimony of my brother died at 45 years old. We didn't know that he was sick. He had a massive heart attack. But a year before he died, he was a big hunter. He liked to hunt. He liked to fish. He died in February, that hunting season, which started in October, or actually September. He said, you know, I'm not going to hunt this year. He said, I've been going through some confusion. Not knowing that he only had just a few months to live. But he said, I'm going to take that time and I'm going to dedicate to God. It's just like deer hunting don't hold the same as it did the years prior. Fishing just ain't the same as it was a year ago. Why? Because that gravitational pull from heaven. He didn't ever share with us any visions. He didn't ever share with us any outer body experiences. But he lived an example as something is calling me to a closer walk with God. I want to tell you today, church, I can see by the light in your eyes that some of you, it's really heaven. Yeah. I hope I go there when I die. But it's really, you know, it can't be all of that. I got this. You got this? What we just showed? Riots? We got this? A pandemic? And when that's over, it's going to be something else? We got earthquakes? We got floods? We got hurricanes? We got fires in California? In Oregon? All across the globe, tragedy. I want us to get a vision of where we're going, church. God has prepared that place. Let's pray right now in Jesus' name. We're living in a world... We're children and at home trying to do schoolwork. And parents are smoking pot, doing drugs, drinking alcohol when they're supposed to be taking care of their children. We're living in a world that millions and millions go to the abortion clinics every year. And destroy precious life. It's making heaven look a little bit better. When we got more over there than what we have here. 
God, I don't want to get too attached to this world that I lose my vision of where you're calling me to be. I don't want to get too caught up in this world, God, to where I have no desire for heaven. I want to tell somebody in this place today, God's calling you to a closer walk. God's calling you to a closer desire. Amen. A better desire, a greater determination. God's reminding you that He's prepared a place for you. And it's not hell. It's not destruction. But it's a place called heaven. As we stand across this building today, I know a lot is up here already. But I would like each and every one of you to make your way to this front. If you're scared to get in the crowd, kind of stand through the aisles. But making a point to move out and draw closer to God. I want you to just close your eyes in some way. I've heard people, oh God, give me a vision of hell where I won't want to go there. I say, God, don't show me hell. Show me heaven where I will want to go there. I already know I don't want to go to hell. God, just give me something. Amen. Draw me closer, God. Give me a greater hunger. Give me a greater desire. Amen. Who knows this pandemic might be to shake us up and to wake us up. Amen. Who knows this rioting and all the chaos that's going on and the hatred in the world. Amen. The misunderstandings and the ones done wrong. The killing that is going on is to shake us up as a church and help us to realize heaven is just a little ways off. Heaven is so close to us, we can reach out and grab a hold of it today. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice today. Let God help you in this house right now. Hallelujah. 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 Heaven, where the faithful carry on. Oh, it's time to start singing about heaven. It's time to start talking about heaven. It's time to start dreaming about heaven. It's time to put our affections on heaven. I want to see. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see heaven. I want to see heaven. I want to see heaven. I want to experience heaven. I want to enjoy heaven. I want to see the Lamb that was slain. I want to experience the light being poured out in that glorious place. I want to see heaven, oh Lord. I want to see heaven. As I read the morning paper, I'm reminded once again, we're surrounded by evil in a world that's full of sin. And the only sane conclusion that my crazy mind can reach Is to set my heart on heaven 
and to live the things I preach. So I'm living every moment as if this day was my last. What if this was your last service today? What if this was your last Sunday morning today? Why don't you live it like your last? Why don't you live every day of your life like it's your last day? I want to see heaven. I want to see heaven. I want to press through the darkness. I want to press through the hindrance. I want to see heaven. I want to see heaven where the faithful carry on. I want to see heaven. Oh, Lord, I want to see heaven where the pain of sin is gone. I want to see heaven. Oh, Lord, I want to see heaven. As I read the morning paper, I'm reminded once again. We're surrounded by so much evil in a world that's full of sin. And the only sane conclusion that my crazy mind can reach is to set my heart on heaven and to live the things I preach. So I'm living every moment as if this day was my last. I'll put my treasure where my heart is and forget about my past. And if Jesus comes tomorrow, I'll be ready to depart. As He leads me to my mansion, I'll be following my heart. Following my heart, I want to see carry on I want to see heaven oh Lord I want to see heaven where the pain of sin is gone I want to see heaven oh Lord I want to see heaven where the faithful carry on I want to see heaven. Oh, Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for a place called heaven today. One of these days we're going to turn loose of this old world. That's not the end. It's only the beginning. Amen. That's really the beginning of life in our heavenly home. A place called heaven. There is a place God has prepared. Over 2,000 years ago, He left His disciples and the angels told them, said, this same Jesus that you see go away will come again. As I read... Matthew chapter 24, when they asked Jesus, his disciples asked him, said, show us and tell us when shall be the day of thy coming 
as I read chapter 24, I think I'm just speaking off the top of my head, but I think there's three prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled that could be fulfilled at any time. And we look at all of this chaos. We look at all the confusion. Our world is in a mess. And I can tell you today, I'm sure the majority of us in here are conservative. But it's not going to get better if Trump gets elected. I'm praying that he does. I hope that he does. And it's not going to get better if Biden gets elected. I really believe, I really believe that God is stirring up the nest. Yesterday I was sitting on the bank of the lake and I looked up. There was a big eagle flying over and I got to looking and swarming up there just sailing around was nine eagles over the top of us. And I thought, you know, the only way those eagles learn how to fly is that mama stirred up the nest and got them out. They fell off of the side and she would catch them and take them back to the nest until they were able to stretch their wings and fly. God might have to take our home. God might have to take family members. God might have to take our job. God might have to take our 401k. But I believe God's stirring up the nest. He's getting us ready to spread our wings and fly. He might have to take the comforts of this building. And that can be done a whole lot quicker than what we all thought. And we blame everything on the devil, but it could be God just saying, Hey, there's a shaking going on. America's a pretty good place to live, but I'm fixing to shake it up where it's going to be danger in the streets. Amen. I was in one of them, I was in the Galleria last week, one evening last week, and they were shutting down the stores at six o'clock and the mall was still open. And I told my wife, I said, it feels eerie. People everywhere, scary, tension, cops everywhere, just wasn't normal. Civil unrest, people's upset, people acting out. God's stirring up the nest. There's a better place waiting on me. And when God calls my number, I want to be ready. I want to be prepared. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to live every day as if it was my last day. I'm going to come to church every service just like it was my last service. I'm going to worship God every day just like it was my last day. I'm going to pray every day just like it was my last day. And I'm going to say, God, let me set my affections on things above. Lord bless you. Appreciate all of our guests being here. Lord bless you for being in the house of the Lord. Don't forget church tonight. 
be here early for prayer, prayer at 6.30, choir practice at 5.15. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.